Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the Audio Dev Podcast. And today I'm joined by Kieran Palmer, who is a, uh, well, he's a 3D designer, sorry, an environment designer, a concept artist, illustrator, 3D modeler. Is there anything else you can do, Kieran, or is that just um, it? <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd say that's it. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty good repertoire of skills. <laughs> Thank it's you. not too much, not too much going on. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. I really, really appreciate it. I'm very excited. Thank you for having me. I think you're the first artist that I've spoken to, and I might, I have to be honest and say that my my knowledge of um, how how art works in a game environment is actually quite limited. So this is going to be really interesting for me. Could you would you mind just starting by just chatting to me and just telling me a little bit about yourself and what you're working on, what you're doing, what you love doing in games, and all that good stuff. <laughs> okay, um, so. I'm a recent graduate from the University of Plymouth. Um, so I did a year of game game design there. Um, and then my final two years were illustration. Um, so for as long as I've, I've um, been interested in art, basically, I've always wanted to kind of combine the two, like games and artwork. Um, and it's only, only fairly recently, actually, that I found out that you know, you, you can actually do that. <laughs> there's, there's actually a way to um, combine my interest in designing things, designing environments. There's, there's actually a specific role of an environment designer. Um, so yeah, I've, I've kind of only recently kind of shifted towards that, um, towards like working in, um, like working with games in mind um so yeah at, at the moment it's a lot of kind of teaching myself these different um different programs um a lot of reaching out to people um just just seeing what other artists other designers uh other people in the, in the industry recommend um and stuff like that really it's, it's just kind of i i define this stage as um I could keep saying it's I, I know how to do these things or I know I can teach myself to do these things but I just need to prove to other people I can do them <laughs> <laughs> it's an exciting, exciting stage to be at but actually that, that I think I think teaching well I find teaching myself stuff a lot better than being taught I was never great I was never great at being taught at school I don't think to be honest and, and I think the things that I really learned over the years were things that I taught myself because you find your own way of doing it and your own way of understanding and you learn what sort of learner you are I think don't you as well and you automatically Definitely, sort yeah. of, um, tailor your learning to your particular taste or style learning style rather than being force-fed a general learning style which I might have been at school I don't know can we just go I find back it so much more sorry, I, sorry. I, was, I was gonna say I find it so much more satisfying as well when you're oh, teaching yeah. yourself something and oh, then no. it all just comes together yeah. And it's like, oh, wow, I did it. <laughs> I think there's something about the, the, the whole hunter-gatherer mentality about it, you know, because I, I, what was I doing earlier today? I was looking for something. Oh, I was looking for, um, I, I want to um, do something with my studio monitors here and my, my audio interface. And I have no idea how to do it because I'm not actually massively technically inclined that way, I suppose. Um, and 
this morning I didn't know how to do it. You literally go for a search on YouTube. You do a bit of surfing around. It's a hunt, the hunt together, the gatherer mentality. You look around, you gather the information. I now know how to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which also, actually, interestingly enough, you couldn't do 20 years ago. Because uh, I, I, I first got into doing um, music on computers about or more than that in fact 25 30 years ago probably now and you couldn't look on the internet then there was, there was no such thing and it was so hard to get that sort of information it's just like amazing now i'm making myself sound ancient let's go back <laughs> let's go back i want to ask you exactly what does an environment designer do um so that would be uh i think generally you would take other people's concepts other people's artwork that they've made and then you'd model them yourself um again a, a lot of this is still a learning process for myself actually okay. <laughs> um so i think yeah you you generally take the concepts try and create stuff as close to the concepts as you can mm -hmm. um as close to the finalized concepts as you can um and then you would design uh props as well yeah. Uh, like buildings and stuff, um, and like just like the environment, like the landscape as well, um, like the general like playable area, I suppose. Of yes. The game. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So you're 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 basically building. I was going to say you're building assets, but you're not, are you? Is it different from that? Well, it is because the environment is an asset, I suppose. Um, speaking. But yeah. Yeah. I'd say you're you're building assets as well. Yeah. Um, so, like with the the stuff I do, um, generally it's I make the landscape yes. first. I'll make like the actual terrain, um, and then I'll build. I'll make buildings, like model buildings, separately. Um, and then I'll model like very. So recently, I did like a Halloween uh, themed environment, yep. and. Uh, <laughs> if if you look at the way I did it, it's kind of like a mess of different objects that are all okay. separate files, right, yes, separate yeah. models. Um, so you've got all these different trees and right. uh, pumpkins. Um, got like these monsters that I made. <laughs> They're all completely separate from <laughs> the actual landscape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it's all just imported into one file in the end. And is that how you would? normally do it then you have individual files for each thing that you do or is there another way of doing it because you said that's as if it was a sort of higgledy-piggledy way of doing it or did I misunderstand um I think I think it, you can probably do it all in one go or right, just one okay. file um but I think generally it makes more sense to do it so that models themselves are separate from yeah. the terrain yeah um just so it's like quicker to edit them and stuff yes. like that. Um, any mistakes with the models so. and put them in different areas, and there's a lot more flexibility, I guess. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, so do you do as much detail? So, for example, I don't know if you were doing a some sort of medieval fantasy game or something, you you would obviously do the castle and all of the backdrop and everything and the buildings. And, and the, do, you, do you do you do as much detail as swords and shields and things like that? Um, as an environment designer, is that part of the environment or does that come under a different sort of heading? I guess, yeah, I think that would come up under a different um, a different sort of role, I suppose. Okay. Um, so I, I guess with uh, like environment stuff, 
if you have like a, a tavern or something like an old old style tavern yeah. um and you're designing the interior of it yeah. i suppose you'd then have to design like the table yeah. um like all the like um like candles or something on the yeah, table yes, yes, yes. like every, everything that's going to go on the table yeah. as well and yeah. then just everything inside it i suppose yeah all the different objects it's just, it's just amazing when you look at some of the, the detail of so, some games and you you actually realize that every single object and every single thing has been modeled and designed individually and it's just it's amazing yeah yeah Person work and detail so um i was going to ask you how so if you're doing a, a you're doing an environment and you're doing buildings and it's three three-dimensional presumably how on earth do you get how on earth do you start from a blank canvas and sort of scale that so that it looks realistic or not realistic however you want it but how do you how do you control the scale and the perspective and the just the the, the overall sort of feel of something that potentially large that you're going to be in when you're playing do you sketch it first or do you i don't know how do you <laughs> how <laughs> um yeah generally i do sketches um, so I've got a sketchbook. I, I don't always show them um, because I'm, I'm really active on Instagram. Like I try and maintain a social social media presence. Yes, yes. Um, but I, I don't always show like all the sketching that's gone into it because I don't like to. Um, I suppose where I, I promote one environment for a while, mm -hmm. um, I don't like to kind of keep saying this is this one environment I've done. Mm -hmm. um, here's all the sketchbook stuff for this and i'll be posting it for the next five months sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah there's there's a lot of sketch work that goes into it um generally so i find paper, sorry literally paper and pen you do oh yeah, yeah yeah um and then i i move into uh digital art normally um so the first ideas are uh sketchbooks and then I move into the digital art side of things, yeah. and then later the modeling. So, did you you started off as an illustrator? So, presumably, your first artistic experience was with a pen and paper or brush and paper. What? How, yeah, yeah. How, what was the what's the transition like? So, <clears throat> what's it like if you're translating what's on the paper and in your head, then onto a computer? Well, obviously, using software. How, do you, do you find that it's a sort of seamless transition or is it um, a difficult sort of jump to make? Yeah, it, it can be a difficult one. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, it kind of depends on the project, I suppose. Um, I think a lot of the time, because I'm quite, um, not, not to sound arrogant, I suppose, <laughs> but right. I do find I'm quite self-guided, self-motivated right. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I usually have quite a vivid idea in my head of what yeah. I want. Mm -hmm. um, I sketch it out anyway, just to get it on the page. Yeah. Um, and then the digital art side of things, I'll, I'll go over it, get like, um, like different colors and stuff. Um, most of my artwork's quite vibrant, I'd say, and I quite like adding uh, textures to it, like quite interesting textures to it when I can. Um, but I try and make sure that there's always like one specific focal point. So there's always this one area that I try and spend the most amount of time modeling 
when I do 3D, when I translate it to 3D. Mm. It's once I know that one specific area has been translated to 3D properly, then I think the rest of it's all coming together now. <laughs> okay, it's like a sort of anchor, it holds it all together. Yeah, yeah. I can see I can see some real similarities with that with with writing music actually, because the, I don't I do I do sort of well, you, I think most composers sketch stuff out, if that makes sense. Um, <clears throat> obviously, it, it's not really possible to produce a full piece of music from you don't start at the beginning, go right the way through to the end, and it's finished, and that's it, and all the instrumentation and all the different colours and all, everything. I think, generally speaking, most people tend to start out with a bit of a melody or a chord or something. I, I, I actually occasionally do write things down in manuscript, music manuscript paper. But do you... So when I but but when I'm creating something like that, I generally in my inner hearing, in my inner mind, can sort of hear what the finished result is going to be. I know sort of what instrument it's likely to be on, but I know, vaguely speaking, what it's going to sound like when it's finished. Even if it's just a little piano line and it's for full orchestra, I don't have any great talent at that but I have a very you know a fairly clear idea you have a, an inkling of what it's going to sound like do you do you have the same as an artist if you do like a line quick line drawing sketch and you know that it's going to end up on a game in 3d and it's going to be gloriously take your colors and you said the colors are really strong and all of this sort of thing do you when at the point when you're doing a line black and white sketch line drawing have in your mind what it will probably translate into and what it will probably look like as the final thing um most of the time i think yeah yeah um some of the earlier projects i've done i'd say i'd say that wasn't the case i'd say i had difficulty kind of visualizing yeah how it could translate yeah 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 um but yeah yeah generally i'd say i'd say so that's really interesting um, and then i was going to ask you also ask you about software then so i know i've heard of blender mm -hmm. Right, I'm on the right lines. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you are. Which actually is it's, it's, it's an open, is it? It's free, isn't it, or open source or something? Is that right? It, it is. Yeah, oh, it's completely right free, and um, that's why I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> it's I've, so I, handy. Yeah, I've heard it's like a similar, it's like a sort of 3D version of Photoshop. I don't know whether that's accurate or not. Um, I. I don't know if I'd agree with that. Yeah, I don't okay, know. Okay, that's fine. Because I was thinking, because I know a bit of Photoshop, so I was thinking, oh, if I can have a bit of Photoshop, I could try a bit of Blender, but that's fine. <laughs> I will do it at some point, probably. It'll be interesting. <laughs> so, is Blender is Blender the go-to software for what you do then? Because I that's I think that's the only ones I've heard of that I know that you've used on your from what you've said on your website. Yeah, it's. Um... Person, personally, it's my go-to. I, I know um, in the games industry, it's not a very common one to use. Oh, really? Okay. Um, Maya's quite common. Okay. Um, but for me, it's it's just it's to do with Blender being free mainly, <laughs> and um, the fact that my laptop, uh, because I'm I'm running on um, running everything I'm doing on a laptop, uh, my laptop can handle it a lot easier than it can handle Maya. Yeah. But there's there's an overlap, I think, quite a big overlap anyway. So um, I do know how to use Maya. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I would say with a lot of it, if you know Blender, then as soon as you load up Maya, you're 
going to know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In terms of the end results going into the game engine, I'm assuming that the output is the same whether you do it in Blender or Maya. It doesn't matter. You're, the don't, you don't need to connect. Do you, need, you don't need to connect Blender or Maya to Unity, for example, do you? Um, I, I'm not actually entirely sure with you okay. on that one. Uh, that's fine. Um, yeah, so I'm not entirely sure. Because some, sometimes when we produce music, it can go sort of straight into the game engine, and some of the game engines have fairly rudimentary sort of um, audio players. Or, or we can use a sort of um, what's called middleware, which is like a interim piece of software that bolts onto the, or essentially bolts onto the, um, onto the um, engine and is a bit more of a complex way of playing the music and the two talk to each other. I just wondered if if there was a similar thing in, in art or, or whether the, it, it was not a thing, but it, it doesn't matter, sorry. Um, so what's what's the, oh, I was going to ask you a really simple question. I know what the difference <laughs> between 2D and 3D is, obviously, but you tend, you tend to find in the games industry, or I seem to think that people tend to be either a 2D artist or a 3D artist. Is that just purely through specialism and what they prefer, or or are they very very different ways of working? Um, I think they're different ways of working. They okay. they feel like different ways of working. I much prefer uh, working in three D. Um, having said that, I haven't done a lot of work in two D, okay. so it might literally just be. For me, <laughs> for me, it might literally just be a case of well, I'm more but familiar. Is two D not easier? Surely, surely two D is easy because it's flat. <laughs> um, I, I suppose. <laughs> I su well, hmm. no. <laughs> I, I suppose in some ways it's easier, and then in other ways I'd say it's not easier. <laughs> okay, are you going what, in think... what ways then? I guess it's because you'd have to think about how you translate certain objects, um, certain like characters and stuff. You'd have to redesign them, mm -hmm. knowing that it's it's only like a two D perspective. You don't have that that benefit of right. three dimensions, right? Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I guess it's like kind of trying to make sure everything lines up in a way where it doesn't become overwhelming i think with 2d it can feel quite easy to be lost with all the all the different elements right. that are all flat it okay, can be quite yes. easy to be lost yeah. where you don't have that depth so yes. yeah that makes sense actually so it's sort of um yeah to the, the the limitations of 2d make it more difficult in a way because you've got to create you've got to you've got to express something but you've only got the two dimensions to do it in and that's harder than exactly no, yeah I can, yeah I can see that now yeah yeah that does make sense that does make sense and can i ask you what the so what's it like um trying to find work as an artist in in the game industry because looking at I, I i know nothing about what it's like for other disciplines really looking for work I did, for, for an audio person it's very very competitive which is obviously is for everybody i think um is it i'm assuming it's a similar a similar thing would one assumed would you would you do do artists either become freelance or work for studios is there a big demand for artists in the indie indie part of the industry how does it how does this sort of um how does it look from your end as it were <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i'd say it's it's in all, in all honesty it's been 
a struggle definitely um i think right now it's trying to as as i said earlier um it's just trying to prove that i'm the right person for the job i suppose whatever's yeah. going I'm, I'm the right person for the job um i would like steady employment in a game studio but um yeah it's <laughs> it's been quite competitive um yeah, yeah, yeah. so there there are diff a bunch of different um a, a bunch of different um sort of uh tools and stuff i've been i've been trying to um use different uh media and stuff mm -hmm. um so there are a lot of jobs going at the moment a lot of freelance jobs going on uh upwork okay, which yeah. is quite good yes. yeah um so some of those some of those have been quite good um but again that's that's only temporary mm -hmm. um or it has been in my experience yes yeah. uh there's there's a lot of um a lot of uh jobs going that are usually like you need five years of experience or okay. at the moment they'll say like the bigger studios in particular will say you need free games mm -hmm. that have shipped right yes and you need yes. to prove that you've worked on them sort right. of thing um so that's something that's quite difficult for me <laughs> oh it's like a chicken or egg situation how can i get how can i get experience uh, for experience if only people want experience <laughs> uh, yeah exactly yeah it's, yeah there's a similar i think it's a similar thing in the music in the music and audio space and that um there's a lot of uh i sort of getting your first game or getting getting working on your first game and getting something that's actually shipped and finished is quite hard and it and it, and it does seem to be that sort of starting out working on demos working on prototypes and that sort of thing to get some experience and gradually sort of working up the ladder is the is the way to go um there's obviously exceptions to that but it sounds like it's very similar for for artists as well it's it's it's, it's a um well it's such i think it's, a, it's such an appealing thing to work in isn't it i think that's what it is and there's so many talented people out there oh definitely yeah yeah there's a discord server that i'm in um mm at the moment and, and people keep sharing their portfolios and yes. stuff and every now and then I, I look at and see these other people's work and I, I just think I feel like such a fraud <laughs> I feel like a fraud but, but, the whole, but, that's, but that's the thing that everybody, everybody feels like that the old imposter syndrome thing yeah but it's like it's um I think I, I always liken it to going out for dinner or having food cooked for cooking as opposed to having food cooked for you. Because I can tell you now, if I cook a recipe, it doesn't taste as good as if my partner or somebody I don't know cooks exactly the same recipe or I buy it in a restaurant because I don't know what's gone into it. Whereas, whereas I know that I, I didn't put enough sugar in it or I burnt the bit <laughs> at the bottom. And, you know, and I honestly think that... Um, things are nowhere near as perfect and as brilliant as they seem when you haven't created them, if that makes sense. It's always, you, you always you're always looking at other people's stuff thinking they don't have the same struggles that you do and they damn well do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. And, you know, most or all of them still feel exactly the same way as, as we do as well, that, that, you know, oh, mine's a fraud and oh, look at Kieran Palmer's stuff, it's amazing. You know, we're all, we're all, <laughs> we all do this. It's all, oh, mine's nowhere near as good. And I think, um, if I've learned anything, I think it's that actually that's not particularly helpful and you need to just concentrate on what your individual 
skills and talents are because no, nobody nobody writes music like I do nobody creates work like you do here and we all we both you know we are we are unique and everybody is completely unique and we've all got something totally unique to offer and it's just a case of finding that and honing in on that and making that your unique sort of selling proposition and then there isn't any competition I think <laughs> yeah yeah that's true well it's easier said than done though I'll tell you that yeah I, I blame social media I, I think it's a I yeah yeah I, I was going agree. to ask you about Instagram because you were saying about putting um unfinished stuff on Instagram and sketches over and over again and I, I find it hard sometimes to what do you put on Instagram because I can't really put I can't put like unfinished music because lots of my unfinished music sounds bloody awful it's crap <laughs> it sounds really bad I know that it's <laughs> going to be okay in the end but like as a work in progress it's like why would you want to listen to that <laughs> I think it's it's quite a difficult thing to show stuff that isn't so-called finished and perfect so which means that we all end up looking at everybody's you know best finished perfect stuff and you forget that everybody else has got all these horrendous struggles in the background that you you and I are going through as well yeah you you definitely miss the journey that it takes yes, to get there exactly is, uh, you miss the journey that's a, that's yeah. a really, really good really good succinct way of putting it yeah um, but, but you 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 post a lot on on Instagram I think don't you you've got a lot yeah of, you're finding it a really really good platform yeah definitely what, what, um, what's working well for you on that what, what's so so good about it for you I find it's a good way of just um contacting like-minded people it's yeah. it's a good way of um like people will discover me mm -hmm. and where there are so many so many people using social media mm -hmm. um using Instagram I would probably never find them <laughs> but they find me and then I, I look at their profile and I think oh they're doing something similar to me and it looks really cool and I'm going to follow them back now <laughs> and it's it's just so good to see like-minded people um yes no, it's I... just it's really easy to use I think as well it's really easy to to just update it every day I find yeah it seems to be quite a, from my experience anyway, quite a friendly platform. I think the people that I've come across on it, and I'm on it purely in the sort of game environment. I, I've had nothing but very, very positive um, interactions on on Instagram actually, and I, I would say also I've, I've I've developed some reasonably strong online friendships through it as well. And actually spoken to people live, you know, as well through just sort of connected with people virtually and chatted to people through that I've met on Instagram. It's, it's a great thing. You don't find it onerous posting. Do you post every day? My goodness. Did you just say? Uh, well, not not quite. There are definitely slips in my schedule. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's maybe, maybe every other day, but I do aim for every day. It's usually just if I have um, like five minutes during yeah. the day, I'll yeah. post something. Um, just to say, I'm, I'm still here, sort of thing. Yes, those, uh, I, I, I think that's amazing. Actually, no, we're not. it's easy for artists. You just take a picture of what you've done and do it. It's like getting music, <laughs> you, know, you have to think of what was... you need to look at with the music. It's just it's so much harder. <laughs> it's, it, is, it is really easy, I, I will say, compared to music. Um, yeah, I, I can imagine with music, it would be, it would be different. But well, I have to make a little um, video. If I'm going to put music up, I have to like you know import it into the uh, video making software and put some pictures with it. And you know, it's, oh, <laughs> it takes takes forever. Yeah, <laughs> it's nice and easy because I just I do it on my phone. Yeah, and I've got so many photos or so many screenshots. Um, yes. 
uh, on my phone at the moment, there's probably a good 36 screenshots that I'm just wow. wasting to post. <laughs> wow, I see. Uh, so so easy. Uh, it's a, a perfect medium for for, uh, for what you're doing. Absolutely, Kevin. It's been amazing talking to you. I've really enjoyed it. Can I uh, can only do one or two quick quick fire questions to finish off with? Yeah, that's sounds great. I, I like doing them, and it makes people squirm, which I find quite entertaining. <laughs> um, <laughs> give me a number between one and ten. These cards here, you can't quite see because it's a bit overlit. A, a numbered one to ten. Give me a number between one and ten. Uh, one. One. Nice to be easy. Oh, I love number one. This is my favourite question. If you had an extra hour in the day, every single day, just for yourself and nothing else, what would you do with it? Play more games. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. Give me, give me another one. Between one and ten, not including one. So between two and ten, sorry. Uh, three. Right. Uh, oh. How do you think composers and sound designers are seen by the industry in your experience? Oh, that's, that's a tough one. Pass. That's a good one. You're welcome to pass. Um, I'm not sure I've got a quick answer for that one. That's all right. Give you another number. Uh, six. Six. Uh, <laughs> if you were me, what question would you ask you that I haven't? <laughs> um, something completely unrelated to games. Like, what's my favourite ice cream or something? Oh, what is your favourite ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> you don't drink Baked beer, Alaska. do you? Can we talk about beer? Do you drink beer by any chance? I, I quite like whiskey. I, ah, do you? No, there's a topic do, yeah. we can talk about for a while. What's, what, what, <laughs> what are you? So, so do I. <laughs> Scotch. I, I quite like um, Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels is odd reliable. My favourite. Yeah. Um, what have I got at the moment? I can never remember. Ockintoshin is one of my favourites at the moment. That's one of my favourite. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, 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 I have no knowledge about what it is I particularly like or what what's been <laughs> to make me like him as I do. <laughs> I, I, I don't, shouldn't talk about it though because it's on my Instagram. I think I put that I'm a beer lover and I do love beer. And now, now I'm talking about whiskey. And anybody who like follows me on Instagram and maybe watches the podcast will think that I do nothing but podcast and drink alcohol, which is not true in the slightest. <laughs> I do recall seeing in your bio on Instagram. I do recall yeah. seeing that you like beer. I love beer. I love uh, yeah, real <laughs> ale. I love craft beer and all the whole lot. I, absolutely love it my, my my current beer uh, happy beer thing is that my um, my youngest daughter is just about to go to university or well, she's applying for uni at the moment and she's very keen to go to the university of sheffield and we've been on a couple of tours up there just to sort of check it out and rather gloriously there are 26 independent breweries in sheffield oh, it's, wow. got the, it's got the largest number of breweries per capita in the entire country or something by a wide margin <laughs> I digress. It's been so lovely talking to you. Thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Don't, don't disappear. Stay on the line. But let's say goodbye for the sake of the podcast. Thank you ever so much for your time. We've really appreciated it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.